fellow hooligans, and welcome back to another episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. This week, I have a very special guest. I know I say that every single episode, but we are like an extra few chromosomes more special this time. Um, I brought uh, one of my really good friends. I've known him for probably about close to five years now, if not more. Um, he is the owner of the comic book shop I work at. He has two shops, one in Fresno, one in Clovis. He is an avid comic book collector. Um I mean, he's just the the angry Asian, you know, the the big bad booty daddy himself, uh, Mr. Derek Oyama. <laughs> Holla if you hear me. <laughs> I'm special. Oh <laughs> uh, man, but yeah, Derek and I, uh, we were pretty much uh, doing some version of this podcast, uh, even without recording. Almost every time we're on the road for these conventions <laughs> we'd work at, because after. 24 hours of whatever shitty radios on the, the car or Bible Belt, you know, freaking sermons that, you know, we just eventually turn the radio off and just talk comics, movies, shows. Um, yeah, Derek has a life's worth of knowledge of just cool stories. And anytime we talk, a lot of the stuff he does talk about sounds pretty interesting. Um, a lot of the times uh, we're on the road, uh, Derek's a huge spider-man fan so he'll always ask him like what are some cool spider-man issues that he's a, a fan of and uh, he always has a few issues here and there um is there any that you wanted to talk about derek uh yeah let's talk about some of the old, the old stuff um might be hard for people to track down and find uh maybe some trade paperbacks but originals are uh becoming hard to find too like oh, the yeah. trades and the masterpieces yeah, and stuff yeah but originals are definitely very expensive especially now <laughs> with people spending all that covid money Right. Well, you used to have all of them too, remember? <laughs> I did. Th th thanks for reminding me of not having them anymore. Well, you 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 sold them and you made some money and you bought some other cool shit we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, but yeah, what are some, uh, I mean, Derek, uh, in the time we've gotten to know each other, he's a huge comic book fan. Uh, Spider-Man's definitely his, you'd say it's your favorite, right? By far? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, funny, that wasn't the first comic I started with, though. I started with X-Men. And then I discovered Spider-Man. Right. And uh, what what about Spider-Man did you prefer over X-Men? I've always been an individualist over a, a group type of person because I don't play well with others. So, <laughs> um, you know, I same with sports. I don't like team sports. I like individual sports, uh, watching or playing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I always just thought Spider-Man being on his own, doing just as much as a, a team full of people was right. just really cool. Well, especially with the X-Men, like, the X-Men are cool. I love the X-Men. I definitely like X-Men more than I like Spider-Man. But I can understand where it's like, yeah, they, they're not as effective as they should be. We have dudes that have Spider-Man plus level powers, and they're still just not able to save the day all the time. And it's, it's definitely, it, it brings to mind, like, yeah, why is this one guy able to do it on his own and carry this whole narrative? Um, I mean... I don't even want to say that it's uh, because Spider-Man's just in New York because X-Men are pretty much just in one area for most of the time too, right? New York as well. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. It is, uh, I definitely uh, will agree that Spider-Man has had a lot more well-written stories compared to X-Men. X-Men's a cool idea though. Again, I, I grew up on the cartoon just like any most people listening to the show with Spider-Man and X-Men. I just like X-Men a little bit better. Um, but a lot of the stories that you'd talk to me definitely sound better, more well-written for 60s books. Like a lot of the 60s stuff's hokies. Uh, we were talking about it earlier. Like I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, huge Superman fan, but 
even though the 60s gave us, you know, or the Silver Age gave us a lot of the cool Green Lantern characters we know of, the stories were dumb, like Sinestro was stupid when he first <laughs> came out. Um, just a lot of the stuff was not well written. So to hear when you talk about some of these stories and they sound like they can come out today and be and just hold up, it's it's it speaks a lot for uh, the writing. Well, I think what Spider-Man had going for him was when Stanley originally wrote the character, he wanted the readers to be able to relate to him, you know, just not being a Superman type character right. where, you know, can't be beaten, can't do any wrong. Uh, Peter Parker was severely flawed. I don't know if you've ever read uh, a reprint of Amazing Fantasy 15. Cause I, I, I did read that recently. We were talking about it. He was kind of an asshole, he, too. He, he was a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I get it. You're bullied your whole life and shit's not going right for you. You don't have parents. You're raised by your aunt and uncle and you're poor and can't pay the bills and you're just trying to get by and go to school and make something of yourself and you got some asshole, you know, punking you and you will be a little bit jaded. But like you said, it's very different of its time where the the, the main character was perfect and didn't have any, any flaws and they just happen to look into superpowers on top of that. It's like, oh, cool, the rich get richer, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was Marvel's whole deal and why it took off over DC was uh, Stan Lee, you know, he wrote these characters flawed, all of them. Fantastic Four had their issues. They all did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say about Spider-Man's uh, character from AF-15 till when you stop reading um, would be some of the cool character development? Well, the biggest thing with Spider-Man is the death of Uncle Ben, because without that, you right. don't have Spider-Man Spider -Man. at all. Yeah. 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 And that happened in what, the first issue, the AF-15? Yep. The very Man, first dude. one. Yeah. That's really cool. Um Because yeah, we were just talking about how before Uncle Ben dies, even when he gets his powers, he's kind of full of himself well you know? the first thing he wants to do is figure out how to make money with it <laughs> i mean it was and that, that transcends throughout the years even to today i mean if people had superpowers today well what they want to do first thing is figure out how to get rich off of it yeah how to how to profit off of it either by doing good or doing bad and you know peter chose to do good but he was still a jerk about it right exactly well again he just got he's been bullied his whole life he's yeah. been the bottom man on the totem pole and he gets these powers and he's strong now and it gets to his head and you know, sometimes you make mistakes in life that have long-standing repercussions, you know, uh, and Uncle Ben. Um, yeah, dude, again, I was reading the AF-15, the a reprint not too long ago, and I'm like, man, this is really good. Uh, just the, even the dialogue, just simple stuff like, uh, it's not my problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I thought Tobey Maguire did that that captured that pretty well in the yeah. movie i mean he made it seem worse the way he said it because he was real smug and he says i missed the part where that's my problem right. i was like man this guy's a jerk right. but, th but that's how he was, yeah, uh, he was like he it, was. again he's just taking an extra notch or two up but again uh you didn't get the snarky full of himself peter with toby mcguire like you did in the comic right away but it came out like right there you know it came out yep. when he was trying to be spider-man and make money yeah. um and trying to fight back against a uh, flash and whatnot. And uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> uh, Toby McGuire did a perfect job on making him seem pathetic. Like you look at him, you're like, man, this is sad sack. <laughs> and, and that's what Peter is supposed to be. Cause yep. pre pre powers, that's how he was. And after death of uncle Ben, he realized to keep his family protected, he had to hide his secret identity. Right. So he had to keep up that, that pathetic persona. Right. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and then he did a good job at it. For reals. Well, and then and that was one thing we were talking about, too. Um, What's that one? Uh, Was it One More Day Um, or Brand New Day? One More Day is the one where he makes the deal with Mephisto, right? 
One more day, yeah. yeah. The very end. Um, and uh, yeah, he makes a deal for Mephisto where it was what? He would just not be married with Mary Jane anymore. And to, it, to save Aunt May. To save Aunt May because she, she had just been killed, right? Yeah, he had to give up everything he he had done. Right. Um, and uh, to bring Aunt May back to life. And a lot of people hated that and they disliked it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But you made a really good point um, when we were talking about it like a year or so ago where it's like, dude, it's always been about Aunt May. Like, as much as he wants to be happy, like, it's his fault. His uncle's dead. It's his fault. His aunt's on her own. Like, is there so much guilt to it where, um, yeah, there's been some, some stories that just revolve around Aunt May. And he does... Even for Spider-Man, some just super inhuman beyond what you'd think Spider-Man can do feats that, yeah, like, yeah, it's always been about Aunt May. Aunt May is such a big, important part, especially when you grow up that way. That's practically his mom. She raised him, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting idea. Again, I think they just poorly executed on it because a lot of that is you got to, if if the right, or if the reader doesn't get it, like, you got that part, or at least that, that fraction of it. Um, you have to explain it well and present it to a reader in a way that it makes sense when it does happen. It's like, okay. And I think that a lot of the, that is uh, with uh, writing as well. You got to lead it up properly. You got to, you know, just simple stuff like having flashbacks or emphasizing it and the issues leading up to where it's like, yeah, Aunt May was a big deal. And yeah, Peter's going to give up his whole life, basically everything he worked for just to have one more day. <laughs> and that's the thing. If people don't understand or know the source material, they, they just won't get it. Yeah. Well, and then, um, you read AF fifteen, so yeah. you know the first, the very first page is him, I believe, standing or walking to school, and you see the Spider Man shadow up on the wall. Yeah. But you turn the page; it's Aunt May cooking him breakfast, making him wheat cakes. That's one of the first things you see. Right. Yeah, Aunt May, a uh, big part of the life. Yeah, one of the, like you said, one of the first things you see. Wheat cakes are going to be a recurring theme. <laughs> yep. <laughs> of all things. Oh yeah, of all <laughs> things, man. Um. <laughs> But what is what are some other key issues in that early Spider-Man stuff that you say would basically make the the character, or were just really good stories where you're like, yeah, this is this is what comic books and Spider-Man specifically are about. Really, the whole fifty is good, but if I had to pick and choose, um, there's two, yeah, two that definitely define who Peter Parker and Spider-Man is. Besides Amazing Fantasy fifteen, uh, the first continuing story arc which was number 17 18 19 which involved the return of the green goblin um for spider-man that's the first time where the story actually continued it didn't just end in one issue yeah exactly because all the ones prior it was just like a not really a one and done but you know the story gets wrapped up in an issue exactly bad guy shows up bad guy gets beaten at the end right Whereas uh, this story arc, it continues on. So 17 starts off, uh, you know, the Green Goblin has already been established and uh, he makes his return. Uh, It starts off with Flash Thompson bragging to everybody uh, because he started the Spider-Man fan club. (laughs) And that, yeah, he was going to have this big gathering and telling everybody that Spider-Man was going to attend in person. (laughs) And Peter overhears this and he's kind of laughing to himself like, oh, maybe I'll show up just to see what happens. But it's it's interesting, you know, that Flash would be promising all this stuff without even knowing who Spider-Man is or being able to talk to him. Right. How how is it going to happen? But because he, uh, you know, he takes an ad out, he lets everybody know what's happening. So the Green Goblin sees it and decides, oh, Spider-Man's going to be there. It's my time to get revenge because, right. you know, he... He got beaten in number 14. On his little broom. Yeah, yeah, he had the broomstick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in 17, he actually has a glider. 
that, that's when you see the the proper glider right the more modern looking one yeah um and the human torch actually shows up too because he wanted to see spider-man as well right well actually no i guess it's been so long since i read it actually he was in the audience uh, he kind of did want to see what it was about but he showed up as johnny storm interesting that's pretty cool so yeah, he's there. Or actually, more his girlfriend wanted to see it, so he was kind of for, uh, forced to tag along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought, dragged um, them, dragged them along. Yeah, that's and, funny. And this is where they kind of start off their 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 rivalry. I mean, back in issue eight, uh, if you read that one, there's a backup story where uh, Spider-Man kind of crashes the Torch's party, and that <laughs> that's where the rivalry really begins. Uh, but yeah, they, in this one, so yeah, they you know Spider Man shows up, swings in, starts doing his little tricks, and Goblin shows up, and Johnny's in the audience thinking this looks a little too real, <laughs> and, and he starts to stand up, and his girlfriend says, "Sit down, don't ruin the show. <laughs> I don't care if you don't like Spider Man, you know this, this is his thing," and and Johnny's just watching like I I know something's wrong, like he can tell. Right, it's not just a show. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, then uh, Goblin starts throwing pumpkin bombs. Then he realizes, okay, this this is the real deal. So you know, he flames on and he jumps <laughs> into the fight. And as they're they're mixing it up, Spider Man gets kind of thrown back across the room, and he overhears on the phone, uh, the hospital's calling for Peter Parker because Aunt May's in the hospital. Right. So as soon as he hears that, he he runs, he takes off because he wants to see what's going on. And everybody else is looking at like, wow, Spider-Man ran away from the Green Goblin. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and even Torch is like, wow, I came in to help save you and you just run off? Right. <laughs> I mean, kind of, kind of like what the French did in the war, you know, oh, in, in Vietnam. You know, the U.S. comes to help save them and, you know, save their bacon and they bail. What? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's how seventeen ends ends up with him just running off and. So the first the first of the story arc, the first issue that doesn't get wrapped up in one issue ends with Spider Man running away. Yeah, and of course Jameson's covering the story and he's loving the fact that that right. Spider Man ran away. <laughs> so the very start of issue eighteen, it's all over the news. Spider Man coward and big old grin on Jameson's face. <laughs> um, all the kids are talking about you know people basically turning on Spider-Man all of a sudden, you know, saying that he's a coward, kind of razzing Flash for being a fan. <laughs> but interestingly enough, uh, Flash still stands by him. He defends him because, I mean, he's a real fan. He's not a right. Fairweather fan. Um, so the story continues. Uh, Spider-Man swinging through the city, and the Sandman shows up. And oh, Sandman shoot. sees him, and he remembers him back from issue number four, which uh, we've talked about that on the road where he beat him with a power drill and a, a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you get shot back on just... <laughs> yep. I oh mean, yeah, as, a, as a bad guy, you would definitely remember that. <laughs> I got beat by a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so obviously he wasn't too happy with Spider-Man. So yeah, he starts chasing him through the city. And in Peter's mind, he can't, risk fighting a supervillain because if something happened to him there would be nobody to take care of Aunt May. Right. So he chooses really what's the smart thing to do in any type of even real life situation is to Run take away. remove yeah. yeah, remove yourself from a dangerous situation. Yep. 
only a fool will try and stand up and, and fight when you don't need to. Yeah, when you don't need to, because again, uh, even even if you win, a lot of times you're battered, you're messed up, you're just you're not in good shape afterwards. Yeah, you know? there's always going to be ne- negative repercussions. Exactly, well, especially with Spider-Man. The, the, we were talking earlier; he's always the underdog. Freaking Sandman, even though he got beat by a uh, vacuum until then, he was probably whomping on him, uh, whomping on Peter for a while, right? Like, yeah, if you look at his abilities, he's. He can do a lot of cool stuff. On yeah. paper, he's unstoppable because he's, he's like <laughs> he's like water. He can make himself soft so you can't hurt him. Right. Or he can make himself hard where he can knock you out. Right, right, right. So, yeah, if he, he sees that, and like you said, he's like in his head still thinking, Aunt May, sick, got to get to her, got to not get hurt because who's going to take care of her? Yeah, I beat this guy once. I don't know if I can beat him again. Right. Especially when I don't have my shot <laughs> back. I was going to say, where's my shot back <laughs> real quick? <laughs> Stop by Home Depot real quick. <laughs> so he runs down an alley, hides behind some trash cans, and changes out of his spider suit real quick. Sandman comes walking by, and he goes, hey, kid, did you see Spider-Man? And he's all trembling because, you know, he's he's running away. And yeah. just, you know, adrenaline's pumping. He says, no, I didn't see him. And he just, Sandman just doesn't even give him a second look. He just thinks it's some some scared kid hiding in the trash. Right. Hiding in the trash. <laughs> On, on the cover, he's literally hiding behind trash cans. Yeah. Oh, so it's in. It's, so that's the cover for that issue. For issue, yeah. what is it? A uh, eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. That's funny, dude. That's really cool. <laughs> so, so of course, uh, you know, it's, it's not like today with you know cell phone cameras and social media, but word right. spread out that you know Spider Man ran away again, and Jameson kept kept with the news. Spider Man <laughs> cowered again. <laughs> and it wasn't until issue nineteen. Again, it's it's been. A few years since I've read these. I I usually try to read these over and over again just because how good they are. Right. Um, I say you know the story is good though. When you're like, I got to read that again. Yeah. Like, just keep it fresh in my head. I watch the Warriors like once or twice a year. You know, just because I really like that movie. Um. But so issue eighteen, the bulk of what happens there then is him still is he still running away or is it after he ran away the first time? The whole thing is basically him running away and still trying to deal with what's going on with Aunt May. Okay, so he's running away. Gets confronted by Sandman, runs away, and then like new stuff's peppered in. So that's, that's a crazy issue. Then yeah, to be the first continuing one with him not even trying to fight back, like that's that's yeah. something different. Um, that's also a semi key issue because that's also the first appearance of Ned Leeds. Ned Leeds, that's the guy who, uh, you said becomes Hobgoblin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like two hundred some odd issues later. Jesus, so like decades later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so in nineteen. The Green Goblin recruits the Enforcers to help him again, because in 14, he uses the Enforcers as well to try and capture Spider-Man, and he beats them all. Who are the Enforcers? Uh, it was Ox, uh, just a bunch of like like wannabe henchmen. Like, they're, they're, they're nobody <laughs> Some like big. Z-list bad guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Was that Crowbar guy there? No, no, no. There's a Crowbar Spider-Man villain, though, isn't there? Like He just has like a magic crowbar or something. Wrecker, yeah, he actually started in, in Thor and Journey into Mystery. Oh, okay. but, yeah, but yeah, they fought many times. <laughs> but yeah, he has a magic crowbar. He has a magic crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the uh, the the enforcers are like just a slightly above average villain. Like they're not super villains, but they're not like super yeah. peon either. Yeah, they're like super hen- henchmen, like you said. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. So yeah, they get they get brought in to try and take down Spider Man, uh, but what happens is they end up capturing the Human Torch. Oh okay. And they have him uh, 
uh, as prisoner and they say that they're going to kill him if Spider-Man doesn't show up. <laughs> uh, when Peter gets the news that Aunt May's recovered and she's out of the hospital, then now it's time that, okay, now I, now I can take care of business. I can stop right, these she's guys. she's better. Yeah. I don't have to have, have to be worrying about her at the same time. Because, yeah, especially with Spider-Man, even with the spider sense, to have your mind distracted like that, you can die. Because, yeah. you know, he's tough, but he's not like the thing or Hulk or he's, he can just take a whoop. And that that's the point of spider sense, right? Is to avoid the damage. Yeah. And even if you get that sense, if you're distracted, like, oh, yeah, Aunt May, just, that split second will just kill you sometimes. Like, yeah. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, he goes. He rescues the torch. Uh, they, you know, they fight off the bad guys. Um, as they're chasing after him, uh, it, it's it's really funny, too, because it's just the, the whole craziness of the, the relationship between Torch and Spidey. Spidey goes to shoot his web to try and catch one of them, but at the same time, Torch flies right in front of him, <laughs> thinking that he's going to catch him first. So they end up all getting tangled up in the web. That's funny. So the bad guys get away. Right. Um, and they're, yeah, they're just all webbed up together in a big ball. <laughs> That's funny. And Torch just, uh, with his fingertip, he makes his fire turn white hot so he can actually just burn off the webs. And, just cut out of it. And that's where they kind of form that that respect for each other because they they actually start talking about it oh how do you how'd you do that and he says yeah i can control my fire oh that's cool and yeah he he tells them i've never thought of you as a coward and you know so they kind of they kind of have they build that respect at the same time even though they they always have that rivalry right 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 because you can respect the rival you can respect that you know they're capable or this and that but yeah. you can still talk shit on them too yeah, of, <laughs> of course of course <laughs> and I, i'm glad they carried on with that yeah, it is cool. What is especially again we're talking about comics and of that era and before where hardly anything ever carried on, you know? Like it would be one issue and it's done. You can read any issue and it didn't even matter if you picked up an issue 10 from, you know, like like issue 112 before you picked up, you know, issue 98 if the stories were just one and dones and nothing was lasting it wouldn't really matter but when you start building narratives like that especially with like you said this is the first like multi-issue story for spider-man and all the again villains coming back and stuff continuing later i don't think it was normal for back then at least nothing that i've read no the only issue before that would be that i could think of is maybe daredevil 16 and 17 or no, that that came later. So, yeah, that came later. So yeah, there was nothing. That was the first continuation, at least for the Marvel books, right? For Marvel, because yeah, Marvel had just started. Because before Spider-Man, there was only Fantastic Four and the Hulk, right? And every issue up till then, and even a little beyond, was just one and done issues. All right. Do you remember any of the? Uh, well, you weren't even reading back then, huh? Um, I was gonna say, like any of the old sixties, uh, fifty stuff, but all, uh, you weren't even alive. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I'm just trying to think, like, if there's any famous, like, multi-issue stories with, like, old Superman stuff or old Batman stuff. And I can't really think of anything, because even stuff like, you know, villains would disappear. Like, Joker died in the first Batman issue, right? He was supposed to come back. And then they brought him back later, because, like, you know what, he's popular, people like them. Um, but, yeah, they, they were kind of, even the villains were kind of meant to be throwaways. So it's really interesting that Green Goblin's coming back, trying to get his revenge bringing back the enforcers bringing back sandman like it's yeah it's really cool you know the the, the recurring characters aren't just his day-to-day -day life people you know like like perry white and lois and jimmy olsen you know you have um you know you have flash thompson 
doing stuff besides just being it. It's not like Archie. You're not just reading Archie with a superhero in it, which is kind of how it feels like sometimes with those old like Superman, Batman's where it's like, yeah, dude, these guys always act the same. Nothing ever continues. Nothing ever matters. You won't get someone like Aunt May. You know, you won't get like uh, I'm trying, like Alfred sick for three three issues and yeah. Batman trying to figure out how to save them and yeah. not, you know, you, you weren't getting that kind of storytelling back then. So it's just, again, I know every time we talk about these older Spider-Man issues, it's really cool to, to, I personally think that they're really good to know that there was strong writing even back then. Cause, uh, every era has its own good writing, but a lot of the times it doesn't hold up. And to hear that a lot of these stories do hold up. Cause I, I know we've talked about this one in the past, the uh, 17, 18, 19, you're just saying, but there's some other ones, uh, like the one where Green Goblin finds his uh, secret identity. That was a badass issue that you told me yeah, about. Yeah. That was a really cool story. That, that, that's on my list of, of top there you stories. Go. And then the other one that I thought was cool is the one you said where he graduates. I thought that was a big deal too. Uh, what issue was that? Uh, I don't remember. It was 100 something. Right. Um, but yeah, it is a big deal because in the comics before that, nobody really aged. Yeah. No, time didn't move on for them. Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, I mean, you know, Charles Schultz has passed away, but I mean, look at the Peanuts kid. Charlie Brown's been yeah. a little bald freaking kid yeah, forever 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 um so no it is cool when you told me that too i was like yeah that must have been really cool to see at the time you know like because nothing no as far as i know nobody else was doing that no yeah i mean they've had weddings before but yeah not not something yeah. to well, like even graduating then the, the weddings would like happen for an issue and then the next issue they're not married anymore it's like yeah. what the fuck like what the yeah, hell happened yeah, yeah. Or, or it just <laughs> didn't matter story yeah yeah exactly they just never talk about it again uh, but what was the, you said you wanted to talk about those two, the ones where uh, Green Goblin finds his um, identity? Well, one before that is issue 32 and 33, which again, it, it centers around uh, one at May and it defines Spider-Man as the type of character he is. So again, Aunt May is sick and that's the whole thing because uh, she was already old to begin with from the beginning. Right. And uh, she gets sick again and she needs a blood transfusion this time. So Peter, you know, being selfless for Aunt May, he offers up to give his blood, not thinking that he's got radioactive blood. <laughs> right. And it actually starts to kill her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> so he needs to find a cure. Um, and it turns out that one of the things that he needs is held by Dr. Octopus. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's actually got a break into Doc Ock's lair get this chemical that he needs and bring it back to Dr. Connors so that he can formulate a cure. But in that story, uh, for some reason, Doc Ock's got a bunch of henchmen. So they're, they're all there. Uh, you know, he, he gets the, what he needs, but then they detonate the building and the whole thing collapses oh, while damn. Spider-Man's in the building. So big old giant New York building. Yeah. So 32 ends with him just buried under tons of rebel and, Knowing that he's got only X amount of hours to get the what he needs, right? To not save not only life. does he have to try to survive, he has to still be strong enough to get back to Aunt May to save her. Yeah. So thirty three is just him contemplating, just you know, f kind of flashbacks. What's what happened? What she means to him? And as the story's progressing, you can see him just lifting and lifting and lifting. And by the end of the, the flashback, he's able to lift the whole building off of him. That's crazy, dude. Again, that's <laughs> like, nah, man, even like the Hulk, I don't know if he'd be able to, in some of the stories that I've seen, be able to do that easily. Like, so again, to see Spider-Man who you don't, it, 
He's still a teenager, too. Keep that in mind. He's he's still a kid. Well, again, they always say he's stronger, but they don't say he's like Hulk strong or Thor strong or any of these other guys. I mean, he's stronger than a normal person, um, but I'm assuming he has to pull punches to not kill people if he's that strong. I'm sure that's probably the case. Right. I mean, I don't recall them ever writing anything like that. (laughs) Um, Well, I know he did talk about it when he fought Flash Thompson on the boxing ring. Oh, um, I think that was back in issue number eight. He did talk about how he had to slow his punch down so that he wouldn't severely hurt him. (laughs) In fact, he was so fast that it kind of looked like he was running away while he was dodging the blows. Oh, wow. And he hit. He, his punch was so fast that uh, something happened in the story that it kind of distracted everybody. Uh, so Flash kind of turned to see what was happening, and Peter's punch was so fast that he couldn't stop it in time. So everybody <laughs> thought that he hit he sucker punched Flash when he wasn't looking. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, the uh, the issue you're talking about was it a uh, 32? So it ends with him under the rubble. Where does uh, 33 pick up right there too? Yeah, that's with him like again where he's flashbacking and thinking about Aunt May, and that's what gives him the strength to lift the building off of him. Nice. And yeah, so he gets the he gets the the drugs back in time, cures Aunt May, and and everything ends up being okay. <laughs> but again, it's all about Aunt May. You know, he he loves her yeah. so much, and you know, you hear that the whole thing that crazy mom strength where they can pick up a kid, you know, a, the car a car off the kid, yeah. you know. But this is a building, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was another two parter as well. Nice, nice. Now, in between uh, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and thirty two and thirty three, was there other multi parters, or was it still a scarce thing back then? Hmm. They were loosely connected, or at right. least they were trying to at that point, because you know Goblin came back a, a few times in between, because um, you know Goblin's crazy, so he, he he doesn't take defeat very well. Right. Well, that's his whole thing, right? He's so vain. the The serum just makes him. Yeah. Because th- that's what was cool as uh, the Red Goblin story arc when I read that, like. Normally, I would be like, that's dumb. Like, it's just he, uh, a villain would never do that where they just get rid of the symbiote to fight a mano y mano. But Norman would like he yeah. he wants it to be just him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be- because Spider-Man's beaten him so many times in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, to have the to be the Red Goblin and have the upper hand and be able to do whatever you want. Basically, I mean, his I don't know if you read those issues or not. They were really cool. Again, I, I wasn't going to check it out because there was just so much hype on it. I was like, I don't need to look at this. And it's Dan Slott. Yeah. But it was good. Like it was written really well to see, again, you know, Red Goblin with the you know, the, the pumpkin bombs that can follow and you can oh, talk yeah. through and don't set off the Spidey sense. Yeah. Like this, it was so freaking cool, man. And yeah, at, at the end, I'm like, how are they going to wrap this up? And then, yeah, for Peter B like, this is my last gambit. I'm just going to talk shit to him that he's nothing without the symbiote. He'll whoop his ass without it. He's like, all right, then let's do it. And then he gets his fucking ass kicked. <laughs> and, and that's usually the downfall of most villains yeah. uh, is their vanity. Right. But especially Norman, cause, uh, I, I don't know how they wrote him back then, but, um, in the more recent stuff, like he would be a ult- ultimate control freak because of his his pride and his vanity, where he's like, "I'm the one in complete control. Everything that happens is because of me. All the good, all the bad, I do it all on my own. I have to control everyone and ma- be the master, like you know, like schemer behind the scenes and all that." Like, so yeah, for him to Spider Man be calling him out, like, <laughs> like yeah. you can't do it, and then for him to. It's just it's funny, man, because you see that trope so much, right? The 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 pride is their downfall, but yeah, yeah. on a very prideful character like Black Adam. Black Adam's like that. Lex Luthor, yep, yep. Lex Luthor can save the world, like he says he wants to, if 
if it if he wasn't such a bitch and wanted to yeah. go after Superman, you yeah. know, that's just petty pride. <laughs> but yeah, Norman's always been like that, which is why uh, having Harry as a son was almost like a disappointment. Right. Because he's not perfect. He's like, I'm perfect. Yeah. I'm, how can I not make a perfect thing if I'm perfect? Exactly. At least in his head. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. It's such a cool idea. Um, but that's the next one you were going to talk about, right? The With Green Goblin? Yeah. 39 and 40. Yeah, that one was cool too. Yeah, so he and he's he's a smart guy too. Besides being vain, arrogant, and crazy because of the serum, he, and all that, right? Yeah, like, he, yeah, he's still smart. He's yeah. very smart. Uh, so he dis designs a gas that can neutralize Spidey's spider sense. Oh wow! Now, did he know about Spider Man's spider sense, or was he just thinking like this will dull his he reflexes? Fi- he, he figured it out. Interesting. Because I mean, they had fought so many times, right? And he analyzes every fight to figure out what went wrong, right. which is why he keeps coming back thinking, okay, I can get him this time. Would you say Green Goblin's your favorite Spider-Man villain, or is there somebody that you like more as a villain? He'd have to be my favorite just because of... Everything, everything. Yeah. It's so personal, too. Everything is so personal with Green Goblin and uh, and um, Peter, because, uh, again, he knew his where he finds out his secret identity. The he knows one. the mom. Yeah, he's the first one to find it out. He the whole Gwen Stacy thing, uh, and, and he did it on his own without without cheating, so to right. say. Like you know, Eddie Brock found out about Peter through the symbiote. Through the symbiote, without the symbiote, he wouldn't have known. But yeah, Norman figured it out. Yeah, Norm, Norman's badass. I, I'd say he's definitely up there for me. My favorite for Spider Man's villain is always going to be Craven, though. I know we've had this conversation a lot where. Craven's just a really cool, morbid idea when you think about the reality of it. You know, comic books aside, it's yeah. like, you know, all of these guys want to fight Spider-Man because Spider-Man stopped them from doing whatever villain bullshit they were doing. And then, yeah, they're crazy like Green Goblin and keep coming back. Um, but at the end of the day, it was Spider-Man's just stopping them from doing hooligan shit. Whereas Craven's like, ah, just I want to kill this guy. He just wants to kill him yeah, for just, sport. For yeah, sport. for sport. Yeah, <laughs> for no other reason other than sport. Yeah, and does he ever figure out that it's Peter like early on, or is that like a later thing? Like, that, that's way later. Okay, so yeah. like Craven's last hunt around um, then, and or? it's not even Craven's last hunt. It's after they bring him back. Oh really? Yeah, yeah he, he still doesn't know in Craven's last hunt. Yeah, and I don't think he even he, cares, he, right? He just. You know, kills him so to say in his mind he defeats him right because he does beat him and then he buries him alive yeah 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 and, and that's his victory <laughs> yeah, it's crazy yeah no dude spider-man has a really good rogues gallery like all his villains are badass dude but yeah so in 39 he comes up with that gas and they have a fight early on and he throws his pumpkin bomb and it explodes right above spidey and it just releases a gas and spidey just kind of shrugs it off well, well right. that 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 bomb must have been a dud because nothing happened and green goblin takes the high road and and just backs off and (laughs) spider-man just kind of wondering oh that was that was easy right like what the hell's going on today (laughs) and what happens is and you can see it throughout the story you see spidey swing down change back into peter parker but if you look at the panel far off in the corner you see goblin on his glider following from a distance and he just follows him all the way till he gets home. That's cool. And then right when he gets to his front yard, he attacks. Oh, wow. And yeah, the, the, it's a very iconic uh, panel where he's has his uh, rope or whatever around him, right? Yeah. And he's pulling him. You can see this, the Spider-Man outfit showing through the rips and the clothes. Yeah. We have an action figure for a Marvel Select one out in the showroom right now. And yeah, it's very iconic. Again, really, really cool. Really well-written story, dude. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's from the issue 39. Yeah, that's that's so badass, man. And in 40, uh, so 
Spider-Man's defeated. He's actually tied down to a chair and Goblin wants to kill him, but typical Norman Osborn, he has to talk first and, you know, <laughs> give his big speech and talk about why he's going to kill him. Yeah, he goes, you suck and this is why you suck. Yeah. You're going to sit there, you're going to listen. And talking about how you brought up the, the Red Goblin, uh, Peter realizes this, and as he's tied up, he's just goading him and just, you know, just talking crap just to, to rile him up, to get him angry, and just ridiculing <laughs> the guy. And then finally he just loses it, and uh, he knocks over some stuff in, in where he's got Peter tied up and the building catches on fire. Right. And dur- during the scuffle, you know, Spidey gets loose, uh, the building's up in flames and some shit's about to go down <laughs> and it, it actually blows up. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it blows up. Um, but uh, Spider-Man being the hero, he can't leave Norman behind yeah. and die. So he actually brings it, saves him and right. carries him outside. Uh, but because of the blast, he loses his memory. Right, like concusses him or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so he forgets that Peter is is Spider-Man. He, he has a lapse in memory that's conveniently two issues long. Like, <laughs> No, it actually lasted a long time. No, what I'm saying is like it, it's the last two issues is when oh, he forgets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like he doesn't even remember that he was the Green Goblin. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, he, shit. Yeah, he fully loses his memory. For how long? Because oh, you said that was what issues? 39 and 40? 39 and 40. So from 40 till when do you, would you say he comes back? Because he has to come back at some point to yeah, yeah. kill Gwen. Yeah, he does come back. Um, man, I, I don't remember. It, it went for a long time. It had to, yeah. Because when did Gwen die? Gwen died in 121. So yeah, like almost 100 issues. Like I know, because I know the Goblin came back for the drug issues. Yeah, so 96, 90-ish. I want to say it's around then when it happened. Okay. When yeah, some, something just triggered him, and then all his memories came back. Yeah, when Harry's in college and stuff with Peter. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's really cool. Yeah, dude, freaking um, talking about the whole he has to save him and, and goading him and all that. That was what got me into reading the Red Goblin story arc. Because, you know, there was all that hype. You know, everybody's like, oh, first... Uh, uh, like first cameo Red Goblin or whatever. He has the yeah. symbiote in the container. You know, they did all these variants and stuff. Right? I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. I was just hyped. And that's what got me was um, I was just flipping through it, flipping through it. And then you see um, Goblin blows up a building that Spider-Man's in. Yeah. And Spider-Man does like a web orb shield around him that blocks like the blast and a lot of the rubble. So I'm like, that's what got me. I was like, oh, it looks cool. I didn't know Spider-Man can make like a weird little shield around him. That's kind of neat. And... um. the next panel is Norman like on his back impaled by girders and rubble and and rebar and stuff and he's bleeding out he's just like fucking looking like like he's fucking dying like so miserable just like oh fuck and then he's like Peter help me and then Spider-Man's like you knew how long have you known he's like oh this whole time or whatever and then Peter Parker or Spider-Man's being law like Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Norman. You know, I I wish it could have been different. I wish I could have saved you. And then, and then, uh, uh Norman Osborn was like, you know, at first it sounds like he's crying, and then it goes into laughing. Like, <laughs> he goes, "What's going on?" He goes, "I bet you wish you could have saved me. Oh, even till the last moment. Like, you're such a goody two shoes." And you see all the blood that was leaking out of him start coming back to him, and it's the Carnage symbiote. And in in Spider Man's head, he's like, "Oh shit. Um, oh, Norman's alive. Oh." That's the Carnage symbiote. Green Goblin has a Carnage symbiote. Sick. 
say something say like in his head just like stuttering like say something he's like oh fuck you know obviously they they curse it out yeah and then he just starts running away because he can't fight him like he cannot fight the red goblin at all so he's running away and that's where you see like the badass red goblin on the red goblin guider he's shooting the little pumpkin bombs at him and they're like homing missiles yeah. and he can talk through them and he and that's where peter's like oh i can't the spider sense doesn't work on him so he's just getting blown up yeah he webs up like his side and he's it's cool because it was such a horror movie scene because he's hiding in a building like yeah. trying not to be found and that's all he can do and he like I forgot what he did I think he like caused a distraction webbed up his suit up on like the outside of a window so the green red goblin goes after it and you just see his like you know Spider-Man's top or whatever um, webbed up and he like bounced the other way but it's like he couldn't even win that fight like he didn't even try he's like I yeah. can't beat him but it's so cool again to see the building it explode him even you know talking shit to him even till he died and peter parker still being a good dude and wanting to save him and yeah it was that, that's what got me to read it i finished it up and yeah red goblin just goes to town on every anybody spider-man related it's silk miles yeah. anti-venom like it, none of them are a match for a red goblin it was it was a really cool really interesting story and then yeah i think venom he makes peace with the the venom symbiote and gives him like a little piece of it so you can fight him so you see him like symbioted up and they're going back and forth and that's where he goes i'm like all right let's do it then no no symbiotes no nothing like you can't do it by yourself goads yeah, him into yeah. it and yeah they're just like it was cool because you see it, even then it doesn't end right away they're just like going you know trading blows back and forth back and forth a couple I mean, of old dudes yeah a couple yeah, exactly a <laughs> couple of old dudes an old dude and a really really old dude yeah. <laughs> But it's cool again. Green, green. I wasn't saying green. Green Goblin is a really cool, really interesting. He's probably the closest thing that Spider-Man would have to like Batman with the Joker. Like he's gonna come back. He yeah. is there for Spider-Man. Because uh, outside of Spider-Man, I, I don't. Did he ever start doing any other like villain stuff that didn't have to deal with trying to get revenge on Spider-Man? No, everything's been always about Spider-Man. Right. I mean, because even when he kills Gwen Stacy, it's because he knows that it, right. it's Peter Parker and that, that that's his girlfriend. Right, right, right. So, yeah, again, like there's <laughs> – it's all been uh, uh, aimed towards him, whereas, you know, a lot of these other guys, like Sandman's going to go around trying to do Sandman shit. Everybody yeah. – Vulture's going to be doing whatever the fuck his old ass wants to do. I don't know what the fuck he does, dude, besides just, Rob Banks. Yeah, yeah. That's the, he's just a thief. Yeah, exactly. So everybody's uh, – their life exists outside of Spider-Man, whereas Green Goblin, it seems like everything's – just like Lex, you know, it's it's very much to get at the hero, yeah. which is crazy. Again, it's a really cool, really well-written character. I'm glad that they've done a pretty good job with him. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Because even when he died in 122, uh, during that fight, because um, that's right after Gwen Stacy gets killed. So, you know, Spidey goes after him to get revenge and they're fighting. And there's a point in the fight where uh, Goblin's... Lo losing i mean obviously he's gonna lose because spider-man always right. beats him and he's trying to feign remorse to get peter to let his guard down and what he tries to do is use his glider to hit him from behind while he's pretending to be right you know repentant for what he's done like the movie yeah the how the movie did it, it was exactly how it happened in the comics. that's cool man the spider sense realized that the the glider was coming so he moves out of the way at the last minute and goblin ends up impaling himself with his own glider 
damn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> did it look as bad as it looked in the movie, or did they kind of like not show a lot of the like the penetration stuff? Because the movie they showed them all like. Ugh. Yeah, no, they they showed it in the comic. No yeah, way. Yeah, 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 it wasn't it wasn't bloody or anything, but yeah, like, to, he, to see that at the time though was pretty yeah. crazy. Well, because the comic code was no, it was right after the comic code got redone. Right, there was still a comic code, but it wasn't yeah. as strict as it was before. Yeah, they had rewritten it by then. Yeah, yeah, that that's nuts, man. All right, dude. So that, that, there's a lot of cool Spider-Man stuff we can talk all day. But another thing that I wanted to bring up is, um, you know, talking about comics code, the, the stuff that we're going to talk about is pre-comics code. But you said you had all, you know, all the Spider-Man, all these key issues, high grade, and you sold them all. And you bought some other books. Um, do you want to talk about those? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, it's, it's, it's a very small collector's market for what I'm looking for now, though. Very specific stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um. So after I got rid of all all the superhero stuff, or at least the the really expensive key stuff, the um, stuff you can make money off of. Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to rebuild something after you've given up all of that. Yeah, it and, really is. Well, the, you know, I mean, we talked about in the past like you've owned it. Like, all right, cool, you had it, you owned it. It's yeah, nice. Ne- next. Yeah, on to the next thing. Well, especially with the stuff you're buying, there's even less of it out there than these. I don't want to say they're rare, these Spider-Man books, because there's a lot out there. They're just really sought after, so they're really expensive. Yeah. What you're getting is truly rare stuff, because you were buying on top of these books. You were also buying original artwork, too. I remember that. Original artwork, one-of-a-kind one pieces. One-of-a-kind pieces, yeah. Yeah, you picked up uh, some really cool Frazetta ones. Those are dope. The Bernie Wrights and stuff was freaking sick. Yeah. One of them actually got published into a comic book. So if you're... Um, if you guys have seen the Detective 1000, the Bernie Wrightson variant, um, was it the 70s cover? Yep, the 1970s variant. That's because of Derek. <laughs> that, that was supposed to be our exclusive cover. Right, right. Yeah, that's a badass freaking book. We, we could talk about that on, on another thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, my, my biggest thing now, well, within the last few years, I've been collecting a lot of uh, propaganda comics from World War II. A lot of really cool war stuff, yeah. Yeah, war stuff. And then that kind of branched off to controversial books like uh, drug issues, books that dealt with deal with racism. Right. Or even controversial books, books that were racist but at the time weren't deemed it, you know? We joke around all the, all the time about, like, uh, what was um the... That Captain Marvel one that I really liked, the uh, it was like something's nippo knees, nippo balls, whatever. Like it just kept saying nippo yeah. or nip like twenty times in the cover. Yeah, yeah. Like just something like that, which at the time was nipple s- the nipple knees. Yeah, nipple the nipple knees, something like that. And it was so accepted. They're like, all right, cool. You yeah. know, one of my favorite uh Captain Marvel books, again, I love Captain Marvel, but he had so many races covered. Yeah. One was uh he has that buddy who was supposed to be an African American, you know, male and he has the oh, big it's, old it's so, lips. It's so bad. It's so bad. And the way he talks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he makes him talk like a slave. Oh yeah, yeah dude. It, it was it was horrible, but it was accepted. Yeah. It was just just what it, it was. It, it's the times. Yeah, exactly. It was what was accepted. So uh you know I don't get offended by that even you know when I see the World War Two stuff. I mean the one that I'm still on the lookout for it's the Cap- slap a chap cover yeah oh. <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's captain marvel he's he's really big he's looking over mount fuji at the japanese <laughs> army marching and the cover says captain marvel swats the japs oh like it's captain marvel adventures 14 i am still looking for that book <laughs> that one you're talking about nipple the nipponese actually owned that and you just, just, i recently sent that off to get graded nice, so i'm waiting nice. for that to come back so, um, and have you ever read any of these books or just collect them just because of the cool covers? Have you ever actually had a chance to crack any of these opens and just see what it's about on the inside? I've I've cracked open a, a couple of them, not any of the ones we just talked about. Right. 
Um, the stories were just bad. Yeah. <laughs> not not bad in a sense like racist. I mean, obviously racism is bad. Right. Um, but they're just for, poorly written. Yeah, yeah. They're they were not meant for. I hate to say high intelligence. And, right. It was it was the the lowest common denominator. Exactly. It's, it, it's not a the great American novel. Well, and again, a lot of the stuff was being written for kids and for yeah. um, GIs, American GIs, who were you yeah. know on the on the theater, you know the, the 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 theaters of war, and you know it sucks to say to talk about them this way, but a lot of them weren't weren't well educated you know no um, I mean, it you, was, had, you had kids being drafted and exactly sent off to war exactly and not just that like uh, it was right after the depression the great depression so nobody can afford to take to, to have these kids in school so they're just nope. working you're lucky if they knew how to read yeah or you're lucky if they knew how to sign their name for these drafting papers or these yeah. you know like it, so again like you said the lowest common denominator you got you know uh captain america punching hitler that's pretty dope um yeah, yeah just a bunch of stuff like that I really like the uh, the one with um, the Black Terror one with the candies. Oh, yeah. Exciting comics, like 38 or 39. I forget the number. That, right. That's on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Not, one Nazis poisoning the candy and exactly. giving them to the kids. Yeah. Well, again, you see in the forefront, you have uh, the Nazis injecting candy with, with poison. poison. And the Black Terror showing this to yeah. stop them. Yeah, going to stop them. But in the window, you see outside, there's a German soldier a nazi giving kids candy yep the poison candy yeah in the same time so you're like oh wow <laughs> you know, again stuff like that just would not fly anymore man yeah, yeah. but yeah i de- definitely want that that comic yeah just, that's a cool one just for what it is uh, especially with cancel culture being so rampant today i mean i'm surprised they haven't attacked more comic books right done some more book burnings like they did in the 60s yeah exactly yeah, again, uh, it's funny how cyclical time is, and especially with these stories, you know, especially with comics, man. It's so it's so weird how comics just keep getting wrapped up in everything. But I get it, though, dude. Comic books are very much, again, they're the true American art form. Like, it, it started it here. Yeah, and with any art, like, even though it's not in part of the mainstream culture, a lot of the stuff that does happen in politics and culture, it's going to, for Americans, is going to go into comic books one way or another because there is still such a large amount of comic book readers and uh yeah that's why again it was so interesting to see those old war books uh because even even back then buy war bonds they're trying to sell you something they're either trying to sell you get money out of you yeah they're trying to get money out of you or they're trying to sell you an idea of what you should how you should behave how you should act and again we were talking about earlier such a shotgun blast of what would stick to you know like I'm surprised Black Terror's still around. Like, uh, his whole thing was what he was a pharmacist and he mixes up a bunch of drugs, like a bunch of pills. Yeah. And it gives him superpowers. And and it just makes me wonder how many kids just went to their medicine cabinet, chugged a bottle or two of different pills and just died thinking, like, oh man, I'm a superhero now as I'm dying. (laughs) Well, I mean, look at Captain America. He took steroids. Essentially, that's what it was. Yeah. Superhero steroids. Yeah. Ant Man and Giant Man were pill poppers. Even in cartoon, underdog, underdog pop pills to change. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, again, it was so much more well accepted. And uh, I think a lot of it too is as problems arise, people look for where it's also popping up. And yeah, you know, again, the pills weren't that big of a deal until until you started having people having problems with pills. Steroids weren't a big deal until you started having people abusing it. I think a lot of it just comes from, again, when people see something so rampant or so bad they they just start looking for it anywhere, and then it becomes more. It's one of those things you don't notice, uh, you know, a, a red Honda until people point it out to you, and then you start noticing them everywhere. You know, it's one of those like they point it out, and then you just start kind of looking for it without knowing it, and you start noticing stuff. Again, a lot of people were complaining about um 
what was it Pepe Le Pew um, yeah. from the Looney Tunes and when you look at it again you're like oh yeah he's straight up forcing himself and again they're cartoons it's meant for kids and yeah. stuff but dude, there's so many impressionable kids out there that yeah most of them are going to be able to differentiate like cartoons in real life but then there's those dumb kids you know like uh, Jesse who thinks he can fly as Superman and breaks his arm <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's like yeah man maybe you should think a little bit more about what you're putting out there well but it is all a matter of context because yeah. they are animals and you look in the animal right. kingdom they don't know and there's no such thing as cons- consent in the, right. in the animal kingdom right right but it is a cartoon you're anthropomorphizing yeah. anthropomorphizing anthropomorphizing is that the right word i don't even know anymore i'm freaking dumb now um <laughs> you know uh, there is no love in the animal kingdom yeah he's having all these little googly eyes for her and stuff like that so <laughs> i don't know again a, a lot of it with the context the one that trips me out about the whole uh, uh changing it up because of the culture is uh the lola bunny thing you know taking away her curves and all that stuff i'm like i thought the whole yeah. point is like uh, you're supposed to be body positive and now you're like no nah, we can't have a curvy rabbit i'm like okay so i gotta be all model real thin you know i'm like i, I thought that's what you guys were against not too long ago or fat yeah or fat. <laughs> oh sorry sorry that that's body shaming <laughs> oh shame on me i feel so bad but no i just uh you know then you look back at these old books you know where nazis are giving kids poison candy or was it superman was the slap a jap one then yeah, yeah. Yeah, Superman said the slap a jab, you know, do your do your part, slap a jab. By, by like war bonds. By war bonds. And there's like the um the bondage covers, you know, they were such a big deal back then. Yeah. And at first you're just like, What do you mean? Like they're just tied up and you look at them like, Oh no, that's straight up bondage. You know what's up right there. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you don't tie up people like that. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, what what about um what other uh, war covers are you looking for? What like cool like um, uh, how do you say controversial comics you're looking for? I know you just recently picked up the uh, Lois Lane one, the I'm curious uh, black issue. Yeah, where Lois becomes black for a day. Uh, that <laughs> I actually read. It's a really good story. Is it? It's actually good, or yeah. is it just neat? Like <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's, it's written good. well. Interesting. Uh, it's good for its time. I mean, right. I, I think it still holds. Do you still hold up? I think it does. Um, okay. Obviously, the um, the woke supremacists or the quali- the uh, you know the people the chronically offended will find something wrong with it because they you know they find issues with anything. Right. Um, I think when it was written, it was meant to be a positive story. I, right. It was positive for its time. For its time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's you got white people writing stories from the viewpoint of a black person, which, right. you know, obviously they'll never get it 100%. Exactly. But the, the intent was there. They were trying. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's a lot to get from the times. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, nowadays you get something better, but maybe a year before that would be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what often people forget, too, is that this whole country was founded on England and, you know, this just European mindset where persecution is okay. It's okay to go after people for being different. Right. And, or our government just being so oppressive. Um, you know, obviously the founding fathers didn't see it that way, which is why they formed America. But you can see our government slowly evolving into what they... Worse. Got worse. Away. It's worse. Yeah. yeah, we have way less freedoms today than the founding fathers had in 1776. Right, right. And we pay way more taxes than they ever did. Than the uh, the tea tax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but people forget that this is where America came from. Right. And same thing, you know, with the, you had the Inquisition, you had the, the witch hunting in Salem. Um, that's basically what's happening today. I mean, yeah, 
you know, again, the, the woke supremacists can say, oh, you can't compare the two, blah, blah, blah. But it is. They're going after things that they either don't understand or disagree with and or they ma- don't like it wrong. Yeah, or just even it's not even that it's wrong. It's just they don't like it. Yeah. So or they're told not to like yeah, it because I don't like it. It's wrong. Right. So it needs to be canceled. Yeah, I think uh, with the whole thing with America is I've, I've, we had this conversation past where there just needs to be balance. You, you know, we're a nation built on compromise. And uh, again, I can compromise, spend my disbelief. And understand that, you know, like you're, we were talking about with the lowest lane issue is, yeah, it's compared to today's standards. Yeah, it's really bad. But like I said, maybe a year before that, it would have been worse. And at least they were trying to put out a narrative, a story to help understand a little bit further. And that's the idea. You're supposed to progress. You're not just going to overnight get better, you know. And that's what the story is about. If you actually read it, it's about Lois understanding the community and it ends up with a positive spin because she saves a man's life. And the, the man learns from it because he's uh anti-establishment white people and you know it starts off with him telling his group of people that you can't trust white people right and lois saves his life and then when she changes back to being white he realizes oh you know we're all the same right because we are dude that's like you said uh, the this country's built on just treating different people like lesser and they always has been yeah and again like when you peel away all this bullshit like yeah dude we're all just people we all bleed the same like yeah you know it's just again it's really easy to just try to form tribes and factions and, it's and just, that's what it is people just want to find a reason to to either stick with your own kind and at the same time persecute others that are different right right so now yeah it's, it's very interesting again uh because comics are such an american uh, culture, culturally American art form. Um, you're gonna see a lot of that reflected from again that issue which came out one in the '60s. The I'm curious, I'm black or yeah, that was late '60s. Late '60s to yeah, Green Lantern, Green Arrow in the '70s. Um, and then yeah, it just keeps going further and further, pushing pushing the narratives. And again, it does get better. You know, is yeah. is it perfect right now? Definitely not, dude. You know, we I know we both dealt with just different injustices where it's like, yeah, dude, if I was if it was a different person that I was dealing with or I was a different color or I was different background, yeah, things might've gone a little bit different or they could have gone better or they could have gone worse uh, with different circumstances. Uh, But it's definitely, I mean, we joke around with our cross country traveling, you know, 50 years ago, we probably even 20 years ago, we probably would have been driving through some of these parts of uh, the United States, you know, we would have made it through. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was that, uh, I want to say it was New Mexico. Remember we tried to get gas and they were just like, nah, dude, Nah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and we're like, all I, right. I, we... I remember that. I, yeah. That was the first time I've ever stepped into a, a building and actually could feel that I didn't belong there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was weird. I, yeah. I rarely ever again, get that feeling. Because again, we get used to so this quote-unquote, you know, super progressive state and you forget what it's like outside for some other people, you know? It's very easy. And that's, that's another problem, too, is that uh, I feel like a lot of uh, people in our state take for granted is, you know, our our circumstances are, and our way of living is very different than somebody who's going to live in different areas. And you know what? Some places it sucks and it's better for them to have options to leave and go somewhere else and move away if they can versus, yeah, if you don't like it, I'm all for the idea of if you don't like where you're at, just move somewhere else. You know, go, go somewhere else. You can't make the whole world, the whole United States be what one group of people want it to be because then you, very rarely is there a one-size-fits-all solution. You know, and yeah. uh yeah, so it's yeah, that was 
definitely an interesting uh inst- interesting traveling remember when we stopped by uh that mcdonald's with i was me? i was just gonna bring that up <laughs> jesse, <laughs> with was, jesse yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, the looks that we got because <laughs> i don't even remember what state i know it was somewhere down south yeah and they had you can tell they've never even seen like a tan person there. oh yeah yeah they were there they had no shame in just staring at us yeah like what are those people yeah exactly well the funny thing too is they were eating and they just stopped eating they stopped just to eating. stare yeah. like oh my god dude yeah and you just keep on passing through and it's just or in just north real. carolina the lady walks up to me and says what are you <laughs> i forgot about that dude <laughs> Ooh, oh my god yeah that was at the show at too. the show during hours oh my god that's funny dude. i mean she, she you know she said it with a smile she was just genuinely curious genuinely curious but it comes out so weird yeah and again but it just shows you how often do they deal with yeah with somebody else that's not what they are you know and i guess fortunately i have an open mind and you right. know initially for like a half a second i was a little shocked but then you were shocked because you're like what the hell i've never heard of that yeah exactly but i knew it wasn't coming from a, a place of hate or right or animosity right right, uh, right. so yeah i told her you know i'm, I'm japanese from hawaii yeah, and, yeah. You know, we had a nice conversation <laughs> and you know you uh, educated her now if she came back and said it again you'd be like what the fuck i just talked to you about this and, I, and in fact, that's what it is about education because i was going to say a less educated person person would have flown off the handle and said well what do you mean blah 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 yeah and then nobody would have been happy exactly. nobody would have been you know you would have been more upset and well, people like that are always upset yeah but then you would have had another upset person it just would not been cool <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's funny man because honestly to me what's just as ignorant as racism is the people that try to find racism that isn't there right yeah well again a lot of his context and ambiguity uh there was this it was a japanese i want to say it was a live action show or it was an anime but one of the writers, they, they made such a good, uh, uh, an adult in there said, and they, they had this saying that was just really good, where it's like, when, you, when you're when you a kid, you think in black and white, there's good and there's bad. And as an adult, you you learn to see that there's ambiguity in almost all of life. You know, there's situations, again, I just said earlier, there's certain circumstances, certain situations where, yeah, if your background was different, your choices would be made differently. People would treat you differently. But you know what? There's ambiguity in every situation. You're going to treat people a certain way determined by your upbringing, your background, you know, and, and, and what's inside as well. You can have a shitty life and a shitty situation and still treat people well. And then some people, that's their excuse. And some people just look for excuses to treat people shitty. And then there's some people who sadly have power that they can keep getting away with treating people shitty. And yeah, dude, it's just, it's, it's crazy, man. Again, we, we live in such a very weird country. I was just thinking about this this morning where it's like, you know, there's so much bad and there's so much good and it's just it's nice enough that we can at least have a dialogue about it because there's other countries where it's like oh you don't think this country's perfect all right cool well uh we're gonna educate you real quick yeah you, you disappear you just disappear if you don't want to learn the right way <laughs> we're gonna send you to re-education camp yep and then you're gonna turn up in a river face down one day dude like <laughs> yeah. so no again uh is america perfect definitely not um are we working towards it i hope so you know <laughs> i hope uh i hope it gets better and better until the point where um i think enough people are fighting to make it better yeah 
And for, again, for the right reasons. Right. Well, I think a lot of it, too, is just what the way the media is nowadays, too, is they want to show you the shitty parts of it. And the reality is it's probably such a small, very vocal group. And most people are just cool, man. Because, again, we run into pretty cool people almost all the time. Yeah. You know, like and we're, we're in a pretty diverse area, you know, of California. We don't have, you know, super liberal, super conservative. It's a good balance of both. So I think we get a good sampling. Yeah. Maybe one in a hundred is going to go crazy, but they're going to go crazy no matter where they were at. <laughs> the media has always been about that because when the news turned into a business about making money that's right. all they cared about is sensationalism and getting people to look or now right. it's, it's, sell ads. it's clicking yeah clickbait yep, yep yep so it's you never see anything good you know and when people get shot by a cop you never hear the ones where they shot somebody to save somebody else's life right it's, you always hear or see the ones that are that are negative exactly uh, whenever anything happens with the with the you know minorities if you see like something going on with with the Middle East or the Muslims, it's only ever covered if there's a terrorist attack. Right. You don't, you don't see the good that the community exactly. does. Well, not just that. Like, there was this comedian who was of Middle East descent who had a really great joke where it's like, yeah, dude, of course you're having these soldiers that you send off to war in the Middle East come back all fucked up and have PTSD. It just imagines people who can't leave, who live there. You know, yeah. they can't go anywhere. And yeah, like you said, it's it's unfortunate that you, like you said, it's only covered when there's a bad guy there or there's a terrorist attack yeah you don't ever see because the what's funny is uh, i did a lot of research it's like um a lot of like the the middle east how it was before uh saddam and those guys and it was very progressive uh with the last shah of iran he was trying to make it very much like america like america now he was still a dictator and did a bunch of fucked up dictator shit but he was working like women looked like american women they had pants on bell bottoms all that bullshit yeah. you know and then, yeah, the crazy religious extremists came by and <laughs> made it what we uh, know now, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude, it's it's very unfortunate. That's what I like about um, comic books in general is just shedding a light on a lot of that stuff, getting stories from different places. Like uh, I had shown you about a year, a little over a year ago, what was it? Um, oh, What was the name? Oh, Devils. It was that three-issue story about yeah. the Japanese in Korea. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I never yeah. even know about that. And you just get to see a different point of view, different characters. Um reading stuff like uh, they called this enemy from George Takei where it shows his experience through the internment camps, you know, yeah. American, American citizens, citizens put into camps. I mean, me and Dusty talked about this uh, in the last episode where it's like, yeah, they told him, Oh, you want to get out of the camps? You can go and uh, die for our country yeah. that just locked you up and took away all the property your family had. So part of that makes me laugh too. When people talk about the land of the free, this is, there, there's no freedom. You, we have privileges. Yeah. Because at any time, the government ha can and has proven that they can take away your rights or yep. your perceived rights at any time they want, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. Because as soon as you do anything about it, you're the bad guy now. Yep. They'll label you as a terrorist. A terrorist. And that's all the the media will cover, so people believe it. Yep. 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 That's look, look at Waco. Uh, when that happened, I was still living in Hawaii, and I was fairly young when it happened. And you know, Hawaii being very liberal. Uh, you obviously got only the liberal slant and yeah, these guys are bad. They were up to no good. They were trying to, you know, they were, they were out to take over the country. All kinds of BS was floating around. Right. So what happened was a good thing. Right. Then, you know, as you, I got older and you look into did, it yourself, did my own research and realize that, they, yeah, they, they killed American citizens yep. without cause for a very simple, it would have been a ticket to, if they just, 
talk to the guy. It would have just been a weapons ticket. Like, yeah. Yeah. I watched the Waco show on Netflix. And again, they over dramatize stuff a lot of times when they of make course. these shows. So I'm thinking, this can't be real. This can't be real. And I look it up and I'm like, dude, the facts are actually worse. Like, you know, just simple yeah. stuff. Like they were talking about, like, oh, yeah, you know, they finally got, because they were doing stuff. They weren't letting them contact lawyers. They weren't letting them do anything. Nope. And I look it up, and because there was one scene where they finally get a hold of a lawyer, and the lawyer's like, oh, yeah, all the bullet holes are coming in from the doors and all that stuff, nothing going out. So that means they shot in, you guys didn't shoot out, like they said you have. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what happened to those doors? And I look it up, and yeah, the doors disappeared, quote unquote. Well, that's why they burned everything down. Yeah, killed like, what, 25, 27 children, just burned them. Yeah, and there's, them alive. there's pictures still out there with them taking selfies in front of the yeah. charred remains. Yeah, and then all these videos, remember, because they had uh, news uh, reporters with them, and then these videos, all these tapes just disappeared out of nowhere. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, again, and that's just, yeah. It's, it's the federal government. Well, no, no. That's what kept the ATF strong. They were about to get uh, canned, too. Like, they were about to, after Ruby Ridge. Well, I mean, honestly, they're a useless organization. Yeah. The ATF, need, they needs, they needs to go. The IRS needs to go. The IRS, yeah. Bro, you know, in other countries, they just send you a bill. They know what you owe. Our government knows what we owe in taxes. Yeah. They play that bullshit game because they want you to overpay. Yeah, they want you to overpay. And then if you don't do it right, they're going to put you in jail. Yeah. It's like, figure it out. Well, what if I do it wrong? You'll go to jail. Yeah. What if I don't pay enough? You'll, you'll go to jail. I prefer to do it like the real old days when they send the tax man. And if you don't like what the tax man says, you. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, just get rid of him. <laughs> I just feel like everything tax wise should be done as local as possible. You want to put money towards your roads? Yeah. Vote locally to what you want to put your money towards. I don't think the government should be taking all my money and deciding what it wants to do with it. Well, because most times they're not, the money's unaccounted for. Yeah, exactly. I well, mean, look at this high speed rail. Where, you know, in California, where's it all going to? <laughs> Well, because um, I follow all that real close because, you know, being a business owner, anything affects me that deals with taxes and, right. and paying, spending out of government money. Uh, when the state kept getting all that COVID relief money, they would kind of say what percentage is going where. There's, I think the last one I saw, there was like a, a few hundred thousand dollars that was unaccounted for from what they had said was going to get divvied up. So like, where does right. that money go? Yeah, exactly. Where does it go? It doesn't just disappear. Yeah. Or now, you know, the, the famous one that the, the current administration likes to use, it's for building infrastructure. What the what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Again, that's a well, future future holds a really interesting, interesting prospects. Uh, talking about future um, stuff, though, is uh, I know one thing we we're talking about earlier was the uh, cinematic universe for <laughs> for all these comic book uh, franchises. Is uh you said you're kind of looking forward to see what they do with the cinematic stuff just to see how bad they fuck it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm you know I'm I'm happy for the people that like the movies, you know it, it, as so, a whole it's good because it brings money right. and it brings attention. Well, then some to are the good, some are bad. I mean it just comes down to what you like and yeah exactly. But you know what I I'm from the era where if I see something I don't like or disagree with I'll just turn it off. Or watch yeah, something else. There you go. I don't feel the need to jump on social media and tell the whole world that this is bad and you shouldn't watch this. Right. Because that's that's just like your opinion, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one and they all stink. Right. Well, and that's the thing, too, is uh, I know we talk about it a lot where it's like there's people who just cannot see it the other way around. So it's either all good or it's all bad and nothing you can say will ever yeah. make them admit that, oh, yeah, maybe there is some good to it or maybe there is some bad to this. Either the stuff's good and you got to worship it or it's trash and you're trash for liking any of it. Yeah. You know, like I'm a big Thor fan. I like Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was a fun 
movie. It was really interesting to watch, but it wasn't a Thor movie. It was Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor skin on it. Yeah, you know, and the movies that I thought were done really well in the Thor style were Thor one and two, and people didn't like those because people don't want to watch a Thor movie. They yeah. want to watch a movie with Thor in it, but yeah. not a fantasy movie. Like, see, see, I like number one. I thought number one yeah. was really good. Yeah, I, I like number I one. Didn't, I didn't number, two number two was a little weird. Um, but it was still in the same realm of, or the same vein as Thor books though. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't care for the dark elf stuff, even right. in the comic books. So yeah, for, to me, none of that really was right, interesting. Right, right. But yeah, the first one was good. Seeing the destroyer. The, the destroyer Warriors was sick. Three. Hell yeah. Yeah. That dude can kill Thor. <laughs> he was created to kill Asgard's. That's crazy. He was supposed to be the unstoppable force. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, the um, but yeah, again, it really comes down to what people like, and people just right now like it's uh, who was the director that called him out for that, saying, yeah, there's just amusement park rides you strap in for two, two and a half hours, and you have fun, and there's no substance to take away from it afterwards. Like it was just, it was cool, and you enjoyed it, and that's it. Like, you know, whereas a lot of these other movies, you watch it, and then makes you think. None of these movies make you think, dude. No, no. Well, I think DC tried with a couple of movies, like with Joker. Yeah, I I mean that that movie did make you think a little bit. Right, right, right. And but any, that's one in every fifteen. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Most of it. I mean, it's they're comic books, right? Or, yeah, or, or based off of comic books. It's it's not meant to to win Academy Awards. Exactly. If it does, great. Yeah, that's cool. Very rarely will you get movies that are of that quality, though, dude. Um, so again, to pretend like they are, though, to pretend that they are just as good as. I'm trying to think what would be like a great movie that you that you can compare a comic book movie to, and it'd be like, no, of course not. It's not the same thing. Um, shoot, something like what was the one with the De Niro, the Taxi Driver? Um, taxi, Taxi, yeah, oh yeah, Taxi Driver, yeah, Taxi Driver, yeah, yeah. I don't with even the, remember with the, what's what's her name. I don't know, but like, but like something <laughs> of that quality, right? Something that yeah, iconic, yeah. you know, that one, the the Godfather, you know, something that's just a great movie. And then you're like, oh, but Ant Man was just as good. I'm like, it was it was a cool movie. Ant Man, I love Ant Man actually. That's some of my favorite ones for yeah, uh, Marvel. Yeah. But they're just fun, dumb. Like, yeah, it's not going to win any awards. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like everybody just like we were talking earlier is everything needs to be validated. I like this. The rest of the world should like this movie franchise, exactly. you know? It's just um, that sense of entitlement. Yeah, there is a lot of entitlement going around uh, with every generation, too, though, because, again, I hear all these old curmudgeon people talking about shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Who cares, dude? Like, shut the <laughs> fuck up. I don't want to hear your stupid problems. Back in my day. Yeah, back in your day. Kids died of cholera, too, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, it must have not been all that great. Um, but, like, yeah, dude, uh, with the Marvel movies, I liked the individual movies a lot better and even then only certain ones like i liked winter soldier i thought was dope that was good. civil war was all right it was not as big as it should have been uh but it was all right for the movie version of it i guess yeah, well because it wasn't a civil war it wasn't a civil war it was dysfunctional family yeah and then um i liked the uh, iron man iron man i thought was cool the first one yeah you know again like these individual movies where you have again you you think about shit you know uh, iron man one you at the time i the war in iraq was still big even though it's still yeah. going on you know and there was people who were profiteering off of war you had americans selling firearms to the the terrorists you know to the other side and yeah to see you know a superhero quote unquote doing that kind of shit you're like all right it kind of grounds yeah, it. yeah war profiteer exactly then you have like a Winter Soldier, you know, the whole Patriot Act uh, with the the NSA, and then you're like, oh yeah, they're just 
this is what if they were if they were outwardly evil it's like yeah shield is infiltrated by hydra and they're just going around finding people who are threats to them and they're just going to take them out and that's just what it is and you're like oh that's super villain shit that's not real i'm like yeah but it could happen <laughs> especially today well again we know about the patriot act everybody knows we're being monitored and watched regularly yeah, yeah. it's just they don't care <laughs> yeah. and you know i don't care i say stuff in front of my phone i don't care yeah fuck it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um well the the thing about the movies that you listed what made them good if you really analyze it and break it down from a filmmaking standpoint is they tell stories you get character development and backstory a lot of the other movies that to me are failures because uh, i'm also a big movie buff is um not only just graphics and action and explosions it's the telling of the story the, that's what the whole podcast is the, about yeah the you got to want to watch it it has to be yeah. interesting and good stories will resonate when they hit in the right frequency and they're done really well and the story's really good it'll resonate and when it resonates that means you're going to keep that going like you're going to keep it in your head you're going to keep thinking about it you're going to talk to other people about it in a way where it's not just like oh yeah there was explosions and so so look badass and this time like that's a completely different thing exactly like the for me the biggest biggest example is guardians of the galaxy when that movie came out everybody said this is such an awesome movie i was like no it's far from an awesome <laughs> movie uh, you know by movie standards i mean right i get why people like it because you know, i like guardians it, too but i understand it's just a fun movie it's just a f- yeah. fun movie it's just there's no story there's no character no. development it, yeah. it doesn't follow the guardians s- 2 had a little bit more with a dad with ego and stuff which is um, funny though is most people didn't like that one compared see, to the i first liked one. it <laughs> i thought it was better yeah. because it followed the with guidelines the, of what a movie should do what's it, his face what's the mickey work character uh not mickey work uh what the fuck is his name the dude who played the blue guy what the fuck is his name oh yondu yondu um, uh, michael, michael rooker michael rooker there you go um yeah that was again that was a really good development right there too because yeah. it was a character that i didn't give a fuck about at the end of the first movie yeah at all that's funny. I felt like that about every character in the first movie. I yeah. don't care about any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, but no, again, they're just fun movies and stuff. And you gotta, I don't know. For me, what did it was the second Avengers movie because the first one you can get get away with not having really any major story. You're like, all right, cool. You know, it was all of them getting together. And then I watched a few in between. I'm like, these are all right. And then I, I'm like, but when Age of Ultron comes out, like it's going to be a way bigger deal. It's going to be way better. It's going to make everything worth it. That movie was trash. It was not good. But then that's when I realized like, oh, these aren't meant to be good. Avengers is just the party movie. You just throw it on. Yeah. Everybody comes in, has a blast, and they go back to their individual stories. Yeah. I describe it to people all the time as the Super Smash Brothers of movies. Super Smash Bros. for the Nintendo is all your favorite Nintendo characters coming in and just fighting each other, and there's really no good story. And you can't complain about there not being a good Super Mario or Zelda story in Super Smash Bros, because that's not their game. It's everybody's game where they just hang out and fight. You want a good Mario game? Well, what? You go play Mario, right? You want a good yeah. Captain America movie? You 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 go and watch Captain America. You're not yeah. gonna get a great Captain America story in the Avengers, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that's what when I had that in my mind, then I was a lot less like upset when the movies weren't good i was like all right cool it is what it is this is what i expected for the most part so when um i tell people all the time like when black panther got announced i'm like black panther's gonna be badass i like black panther we can do so much with them i look forward to it the individual movies are always good like they've done a great job with most of the first ones and infinity war was i think the month afterwards i'm like ah, i'm gonna pass on infinity war it doesn't look like i didn't like the last avengers like <laughs> you didn't miss anything yeah well and then um I watched Black Panther and I was like, this was all right. It wasn't what I was expecting. I actually fell asleep during Black Panther. 
Infinity War, though, I wasn't going to watch. And then I read what happens. I'm like, oh, that's interesting enough to go watch. And I watch. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. You know, you have the whole um, they don't win at the end, you know, which is cool. It doesn't happen in a freaking superhero movie all that frequently. Yeah. And you have, again, a lot of this character development that they were setting up with Captain America coming back from the run. Um, Iron Man trying to fix everything on his own because he's the one who broke up the Avengers, right? Yeah. Um, like, you have all this character development, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm ex- now I'm excited to see what happens in Endgame. So Endgame comes out, and I read what happens. I'm like, they just didn't do all that shit they were building up. Nothing. 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 That was a big movie about pandering. Yeah, yeah. It was their victory lap, quote unquote. Yeah. Like, it just, it wasn't good, dude. It wasn't, I mean, and, yeah, I don't know. Again, unpopular opinions, you know. Um, Again, and, no, I'm happy people like it. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, whatever, you know. Like, it's just, I want more substance. I want a good, I'm not going to rewatch any of these movies. Like, there's same, very same few. Here. Yeah, there's very few movies that I'll rewatch like that. Like, there's a few that I'll watch once or twice, not back to back. Um just to see if I can get them like, like, all right, what did I miss this and that? So like when star Wars, the force awakens came out the first of the new trilogy, I watched it like three or four times to see if I missed anything. And there was like two or three things I missed, but I was like, all right, it's all right. It's a good jumping off point. See what they do. Last Jedi came out. I watched it. I'm like, not worth watching again. I'm done. (laughs) Like to me, that's like the, um, Phantom Menace of the sequel trilogy. Like it's just, I can pass it. I don't even need to watch it. Everything that's They're going to tell me is going to be in the next one. And then, yeah, uh, was it uh, Rise of Skywalker, the finale of that one? I just, I was like, all right, it was fine. It was, uh, some cool ideas that they just didn't capitalize on. All They're, the build up to no, no, yeah, no big payoff. Again, because uh, I was upset that Palpatine came back, but I'm like, all right, if you tell me a good enough story, it won't matter. And they didn't. But they did, no. some, again, some cool stuff. They showed him as strong as they claimed to be. Because the whole thing, the whole time people complained about was, oh, Snoke's not even that strong. Palpatine was strong. I'm like, how do you know? Oh, well, Snoke just died like... Uh, super easily he just got cut in half with the lightsaber i'm like oh just like a guy with no hands throwing palpatine down a shaft like yeah palpatine died like a chump all palpatine ever did was show you that he can do force lightning yeah in the original yeah. movies and that was it at least snoke was able to tether people through the force he was able to you know play with them like they're puppets i'm like that's such a cool idea yeah. and then, yeah he died like a chump just like Palpatine originally did quote unquote or just like Boba Fett <laughs> or Darth Maul all these characters that look cool and just die yeah Snoke was a really interesting idea and you can see where the inconsistencies came with having all these different directors and that's the problem they, they should have done what they did with the Marvel movies where at least you have like they have Feige where you have the guy kind of trying to rein it all in together because you know as, as even though i don't like all the movies or think that the greatest they at least worked with each other like they all went yeah. in and out um and that's what feige uh, is doing with um star wars now is you know with mandalorian and all the new cartoon shows and all the stuff they're coming out with there's a a person overseeing everything that actually cares about making it all make sense where you can have different directors with these movies but you have to make it make sense it's like comic book you have editors yeah. you you have like three Batman books, you can't do something in one of the Batman books that's going to counteract another one. You have to have somebody overseeing all this, yeah. making sure it's done well. And uh, I, I feel like that's what these movies need going forward. Star Wars, Marvel just needs to figure out what they want to do with the next phase because, I don't know, them in DC, like, you know, I, I liked Wonder Woman, the first one. I haven't watched the second one. People are telling me not to watch it. Um, I liked Justice League for what it was, but it was just behind justice league was like the first avengers movie avengers got away with it because it was the first one yeah. but it's like all right justice league this has been done what do you yeah and that's the problem if justice league came out first that actually is a much better movie 
I think so, yeah. I think it had cooler characters. Well, cooler... The, the Snyder's cut. The Snyder, oh, really? The Snyder cut. <laughs> it is, yeah, the original one, I mean, it, it was it was okay. It was right. definitely better than uh, the Batman Superman movie, Dawn yeah. of Justice. The only good thing about Batman Superman was Wonder Woman. Yeah, she saved the day. And Batman on his own. <laughs> yeah, I like Batman on his own because it'd show him being all sneaky on the corners, yeah. busting through walls, grabbing dudes. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, it's more comic book Batman how he is now. Yeah, very Frank Miller Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Super, then, Superman's way too emo. Yeah, but that's been the whole Snyder thing since he took over Man of Steel. Yeah, which is garbage because Superman's supposed to always represent hope. Yeah, exactly. Um, I again, Man of Steel. I like Zod. Zod was a cool character. They did a good job with him. Yeah. I like the actor they had for him. I like the story they gave him. I'm like, it made you understand a little bit more about the character. But yeah, Superman, like you said, he's supposed to be hope. And I don't know, man. I feel like if you're going to tone him down that much and I'm be all emo, then the other side has to be way further worse. Like, yeah, like, yeah you know, I'm emo about it, but this guy's like way fucked up. So I guess I, by it's a technicality, I have to be hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if this guy wants to destroy the whole world, it's like, you know, I'm sad about it, but I still want the world to be around. <laughs> because yeah. he looked like he was not enjoying being superman I was like i don't want to be space jesus anymore like it's yeah. basically the look he had on there just like that's not the way it's supposed to be <laughs> well i mean it started from man of steel i mean every, yeah. anybody that knows anything about superman saw everything wrong with that movie you yep. uh, all the way back from letting jonathan die from letting jonathan die from letting all those innocent people die in the battle yep and from uh the very end where he just kills zod superman would have found a way he would have found he would have let some people die, but he would have found a way to not kill the bad guy. Because <laughs> every now and then he does that. Everything wrong with with the current Superman is everything that was wrong with the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. <laughs> right? Yeah, he was very because he was not Spider Man. No, no, not at he all. He was cocky, arrogant as Peter Parker and as Spider Man. Right. And again, Peter Parker's whole thing was his lessons learned from Uncle Ben. Right. He was very yeah. Andrew Garfield didn't portray well, any of the... that. That was the thing, too, is at the end of the first Amazing Spider-Man, he's like, I can't see you because I promised your dad that I wouldn't, you know, fuck you or whatever because, you know, like, I'm Spider-Man and you're Gwen Stacy and your dad was this guy that I let die. So I'm going to honor this whatever. And then the, at the very end, he's like, all right, let's date. Fuck it, man. Yeah, promises like, are made to be broken. Yeah. And I was just like, this is ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Uh, again. Uh, Whoever he, wrote that needs to be hung. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> That's, that's just bad writing. It is really bad writing, dude. And that's not what we're about at dude, the Weaving Words Podcast. Dude, we like good writing. Pick up a fucking comic book and read. Not even. It doesn't have to be a comic book. It's just to be any type of hero story. You'll realize, yeah. like, the good guy, his word is more important than anything. Because, I, again, I always uh, tell people, is like, all right, Lex Luthor, like, he's a bad guy. But he can be a hero if he wanted to. He yeah. claims he wants to do this. But you know what? Your word can only get you so far in the actions. And, again, a hero... He makes promises. He keeps them, or at least tries to with as much as he can. He deals with the repercussions. He tries to do the good thing because he's a good guy. And to have him just be like, nah, I don't want to do that. Like, eh, yeah. fuck it. You know, <laughs> that is so opposite of what Peter Parker is all yeah. about. Or any superhero, pretty much. Like, any true good person superhero. Yeah. Like, of course, you're going to have, like, fucking, what's that dude from uh, The Boys? Of course, he'll act like a fucking crazy oh, person. Homelander. Yeah, but he's supposed to be that way. He's not supposed to be a good guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> um, you know, you'll have characters with flaws, but them just breaking promises like that's not going to be one of them at least not any good good hero again just basic storytelling 101 again what was the whole point of that why did he do 
the promise? Why did he talk to him? Why did he try to comfort him at the end? Yeah. Why Why any of that? Why did he even try to save him then? If he was just going to be, let him, like, yeah, I don't know. Dude, yeah. To me, that movie made him look like a real piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, it seems very much like a, more like a Venom movie. If Venom acted that way, it'd make a lot more sense. Yeah. Eddie Brock's a lot more selfish. You know, the, the Venom symbiote amplifies yeah. all those traits, whether they're good or bad. Um, Maybe he was the clone. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right, dude. They're setting up for the clone story. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's gonna happen in this one. Far from home, Andrew Garfield's the clone of a uh, of uh, Toby Maguire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, he didn't work out. All deformed, but that's how he came out looking. <laughs> he said, you don't look like me. You must be a bad batch. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, the, the future for the, the comic book movies is going to be really interesting. Um, I like what they're doing with the shows in the sense of, like, they're giving characters and and storylines that don't need to have movies an opportunity to get told. Because you know what, man? Like, you want to tell your weird Wanda show vision story, tell it. If it's going to set up a movie or something down the road, that's cool. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not going to waste tickets, like, going to watch. Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier would not have made a good movie. No, yeah. Uh, that needed to be spread out and told, like, the right. way they did it. I thought they did a pretty good job. Right on. Um, yeah, I still need to watch that. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah. I'll have to check yeah. it out. All right. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of Easter eggs in there that hints towards Wolverine. Oh, spe- really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Just specifically, I wish they had something that teased that he's there, but they didn't. Right, right, but, right. But the city, the locale, you know, it's, uh, places where Wolverine stories have been told. Okay, okay. Right on. Well, it was like uh, end of the Daredevil season three when they're putting adamantium in uh, Bullseye. That's another like little hint. They're talking yeah. about bringing him back too. The was it Charlie Cox was the yeah as yeah in the Spider Man movie being yeah. the attorney Matt, Matt Murdock. Murdock. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they plan on doing because it is all connected. Mm-hmm. Well, they're on New York too. Yeah, bring, I know. Bring Wilson Fisk back. It's time right. time to see the Kingpin. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too is with the um with the. Disney taking over a lot of the shows. I know a lot of them just got axed, so they're not they're not going to do them anymore. So it is impressive to see Charlie Cox come back and what they decide to bring because it's almost like they're remaking their new canon with the TV show stuff now. Yeah, because I can see them definitely not bringing back the Punisher where they they should. Yeah, there's so much good story left yeah. to be told. Yeah, Punisher, I liked it. It was one of the better ones. I liked it. I think it was quality of show i think it was like a notch just below daredevil i feel like daredevil was was kind of like their main like, almost like how arrow was for arrowverse yeah i feel like the daredevil was kind of like the launch off because it was the first because it was the first and that's just how they'd introduce characters yeah. and uh yeah like electra and all that stuff that was pretty cool um iron fist was no bueno See, I liked it. I didn't like it, man. I wish there was more kung fu. That's how I am even with fucking Ching Chi, dude. <laughs> um, I wish there was more martial arts and less mystical bullshit. See, but if you read Iron Fist, there's not a lot of martial arts in the comics. Really? Well, at least not in the old stuff. A lot of it was very mystery or detective-like where he's trying to figure out, okay. solve something. You know, meets up with the bad guy at the end, <laughs> get into fisticuffs. He starts kind of getting his ass whooped and then he charges up his Iron Fist and that saves the day. Right, right. Wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, but and well, that, that's the thing with the uh, the fir- the Iron Fist show too. Was like I just felt like there was no direction on where it wanted to go. They were introducing cool characters and they do a cool thing here and there, but it was like, what's this for? What's this all for? Like, what are you gonna do with this? They well, just spent too long on the character development part. Yeah. Is, is the problem? 
Yeah, because they they spent almost all of season one just trying to establish who he was and well, who and, he and, is, who and, he became. Yeah, well, not just that, but just be like, all right, let's be, have people um, recognize or um, uh, that he's Danny Rand or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, oh fuck, did I really take? The whole half season exactly to, they could have wrapped that up in two episodes for reals dude just simple stuff like that and um on the flip side the punisher is the same way really everything that's come out so far is just built up to what he becomes right he and the kingpin yeah, yeah, yeah. because he doesn't really become the punisher until the very last episode yeah yeah you know but with the punisher can get away because that character's already not that deep you know what you're getting yeah, into yeah you know i guess with iron fist too i like luke cage people really didn't like that i thought that was fun but I don't know, dude. Was I liked it? it for what it was. The problem I really had with that is it felt out of place as far as the dialogue, and they really made it seem like it was still in the 70s when it's right. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. I like the music. I like the characters. I think they fucked up season one. I feel like season one could have done really well with... um letting Cottonmouth live like where because that was like halfway through the season where Mariah kills him I, ki- yeah. I feel like they could have done that as the end of the first uh, it's funny that they just call her Mariah in the show because yeah. in the comic she's called Black Mariah well they, they call her that every now and then in the show and yeah. she gets offended yeah, yeah. 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 Black Mariah yeah like, don't you call me that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah they could have done that and had her be the main villain starting from season two you know yeah and I, I really didn't like the brother the brother was really interesting up until he came in, in that stupid like Ghostbusters yeah. fucking suit, I'm like, yeah. why, yeah. why Did you just? Yeah. It went from like its own style to like you're just throwing a fucking He-Man villain in here, dude. Like yeah. this just does not make sense. Uh, Bushmaster was pretty cool when he came in because he just yeah. would sucker punch him and just whoop his yeah. ass like yeah. here and there. Like, and again, I I just like the music, dude. Um, yeah, the music was cool. I am a stickler for details though, so one of the things that bothered me that was recurring is. He often used like car doors as shields to stop bullets. Like the dude's right. bulletproof. Why do you need to carry a exactly. car door to stop the bullets? Exactly. I think a lot of it might have been too for the ricochets and stuff. Because isn't that how uh, pops died? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's shooting at a metal car door. Same thing. It's still gonna ricochet. Right. right. I mean, it's it's not all Hollywood. Bullets actually bounce off of stuff. It doesn't just go, <laughs> go through. Right. Oh, that is funny, man. What were some of the other ones? Yeah, dude. Uh, Agents of Shield's just done, huh? Like. I gave up when they introduced Robbie Reyes. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's not to say I, I, it's because of him, but I just didn't like the direction the show itself was taking at that point already. Right. What well, what uh what movies would you say you're looking forward to the most then for the DC, Marvel, any type of comic book related ones then? As a Spider-Man fan, I have to say I'm still waiting for them to get Spider-Man right. Um, you know, Tom Holland's been doing... A passable job. I'd, I'd give him a little better than that. I think he, as Spider-Man, he's done fairly well, above right. average. My issue is they still haven't really shown him as Peter Parker. Right. Who is Peter Parker? Because every about? Yeah, every time up till now, when he's Peter Parker, he's worried about being Spider-Man or worried about impressing which Tony is, Stark. Which is the other way around. In the comics, he's very much, even when he's Spider-Man, like you said, he's worrying about Aunt May. He's worrying about Mary Jane or yeah. Gwen Stacy. He's worrying about what peter parker because he's still do. a high school kid yeah yeah especially yeah and, and we haven't seen any of that interaction nope not at all so yeah I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the was it uh the no way home or whatever yeah um 
you know, that one looks interesting. The new Venom, I'm interested to see. Again, just a Venom series without Spider-Man at all, and it is so weird, dude. Yeah. But I like Woody Harrelson. To see him as a Cletus Cassidy is going to be interesting. I think he can do a killer job. Yeah. We'll just see if they let him. He's just he's a little old, so. Right. Can age him down. Yeah. We'll see. If he's more carnage most of the time, it's not even going to matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can't be as bad as Topher Grace being Venom. <laughs> that was so bad, dude. Why? Eric Foreman. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I saw, dude. I'm like, why is Eric Foreman Venom? I just kept wanting to call him a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> dumbass. Oh, man. All righty, Derek. Well, that seems to be it. Um, we've been at it for a while, talking about a bunch of really fun, really cool stories. Um, is there any social media you want to plug? Anything for the shop, your own stuff? Um. No, you know, the locals, you know, stop on by the shop, uh, see what we're all about. Um, anytime I'm in the store, I'm always open to people that want to come in and just talk about comics, right. pop culture. Um, you know, that's the whole reason of having a store is to interact with, with your the community, community and, yeah. the, and the customers. I mean, if, if you're not in it to to help out the community and, you know, have a passion for what you're doing, then, you know, why do it? Right, you can be doing something else to just pay the bills. Exactly. Exactly. I know we do a comic book forum over here at the Clovis location on uh, Thursdays usually, and yep. we we try to have some type of um, uh, topic talk about. Uh, but you know how it is with uh, nerds in general, especially comic nerds, is it'll derail. They're just talking yeah. about just a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, but we try to keep it on rails here and there. Yeah. Once Fresno starts to open up uh, a little more. Uh, we'll try to get the forum back started back up in Fresno as well because we right. got customers out that side that just can't make it can't over make here. it out this way, yeah. Right with with work and whatnot. Exactly. I mean, same thing over here. You got guys that are in Clovis who would love to go to Fresno, you know, and hang yeah. out. And it's yeah. just it's yeah. hard. It's not it's not reasonable. It's not gonna happen. Um, but yeah, and then we have a Facebook page, Legends of Comics and Games Fresno, um, and we usually post what we have uh, for both locations there. We try to specify it um, as much as we can. Um, and yeah, we do everything, card games, tabletop games, uh, model kits, collectibles, comics, everything, man. A little bit of everything. Common writer. Common writer now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Derek's uh, waiting for his uh, fancy new belt to come in soon. Common <laughs> <laughs> uh, writer. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go fast. What, what was it? Those guys you said were playing with their belts at the Morphicon. Oh, oh my God. That, that was the funniest and weirdest thing I've ever seen is yeah, they're they're those belts have like these little levers and gadget that you can flick and flip <laughs> and twist. And they're two dudes are just standing there playing with each other's belts. Like, <laughs> oh man, that's so I should have taken a video. It looks so <laughs> weird. He's <laughs> just like, What are these nerds up yeah. to? Were they as happy as that guy was with his Korean barbecue that one time we went? Oh yeah. Just like that? Oh, oh yeah. Man. They they were singing the songs in Japanese <laughs> and, and, and everything. I love it, dude. <laughs> Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you would have had a blast. I would have because I like seeing people excited for the shit that they like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? And that's the point of going to convention, right? You're going. Have fun. Yeah. Have fun. This whole thing about the stuff you like, you know, like Comic-Con. Oh, it's supposed to be comics, but like C2E2 is dope. You get to see a bunch of really cool comics. I'm sure I want to go to a celebration one of these years because it's a whole convention about Star Wars, like the biggest yeah. convention you can get yeah. with Star Wars relation. Um, but yeah, we have a. Uh, for the Weaving Words listeners, we are on Facebook, Weaving Words Podcast, Instagram, Weaving Words Podcast. We have a, a Discord server for the Hooligan Squad um, on Instagram, Twitter. Um, not as active, but we have one, too. Uh, yeah, just give us a follow. Uh, we always have the link for the Discord server in the uh, episodes, or we try to at least. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Goodbye. Adios.